the, the biggest thing I think God wants to free us up and let us know tonight is that God made us to have abundant life, not a life that is totally directed by fear, not a life that is guided by, well, I just don't want to get hurt. Okay, because that's not the life Jesus lived. He didn't, he didn't make relationships with people just to make sure they wouldn't get hurt. He, he had relationship to the max in his friendships, in, in his relationships with everybody around him. He had, he had relationships to the extreme of, of living on the edge of going after what abundant life means in his relationships. He committed himself to people. He, he devoted himself to being with them. And he didn't say, well, I'm not going to get into that because I might get hurt. Now, I'm not trying to draw a one-to-one ratio of Jesus and, and his relationships with people. And now you need to run out and just date the next person you see on the street that you're attracted to. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is we don't need, to be, we, we don't need our lives to be guided by fear. We need them to be guided by God. And so that's what James Michael and I are going to try to do tonight. Instead of just giving you a system or giving you a, a group of rules that you can say, okay, good, now I'm going to know how to, how to find my spouse without messing up or how to find my spouse without getting hurt. Um, you're not, I, I don't know if you're going to, and I don't know if you should be able to find somebody who's going to be that important a relationship in your life without the potential to get hurt. But we're here to just kind of talk about what we think, the, the little that we do think the Bible says about it, and then to offer just some practical advice about some things. It's interesting, as we were going over this, I found that what I thought three years ago that God thought about dating, um, I don't think now. Um, not all of it. Some of it's still the same. But the bottom line is Josh Harris, David Scott, James Michael Smith, outside of what Scripture says, what we're offering you is our experience. And, and, and so and you've got to take it as that. And then go out there and live the abundant life of Christ and, and grab hold of what he has for you and allow the spirit to guide you. Um, so the first myth we're going to talk about is, um, does God kiss dating goodbye? Uh, that's the question is, does God, does the Bible kiss dating goodbye? You know, Josh Harris, he did, he sold a lot of books. And I, I'm not knocking, if anybody knows Josh Harris or runs into Josh Harris, don't kick him in the shins or anything. He, I, I'm sure the guy didn't mean everything that happened with his book to happen. But, um, but. It was this idea was developed in Christianity when that book came out. Another book, Lady in Waiting, came out, and Passion and Purity, I think, was the name of a book that came out. Yeah. There were a lot of books that came out for a while that, that gave us this image that um, God just really didn't like dating, um, and and that the Bible had specific things to say about it, and that courtship was the clear way that the Bible went. And the bottom line really is what the Bible has to say about dating is is very minimal. One of the things he said in 1 Corinthians, and this came up, uh, is he wrote this passage that a lot of people have used to say, you know what, it's not, even, it's not even worth it. In fact, one of the girls was mentioning that, that it's just so much easier not to be married. Why even do it? And Paul, Paul uh, he actually came out and said in 1 Corinthians 7, he said to the unmarried and to the widows, I say, it's good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it's better to marry than to be aflame with passion. And that's what David asked the one girl. He said, oh, so you're saying this better. And she blushed in the video, and it was, it was pretty funny. Then he goes on uh, later down in the chapter, and he says, but if you do marry, you've not sinned. And if a betrothed woman marries, she's not sinned. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you that. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short, meaning the return of Christ. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no goods, 
and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. I want you to be free from anxieties. The married man is anxious about the things of the Lord. How to, the unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone thinks he is not behaving properly towards his betrothed, if his passions are strong and he has to be, and it has to be, let him do as he wishes. Let them marry. It's no sin. And so a lot of people have taken that passage in Paul to say, well, marriage is allowable, but it's, it's really better if you just stay single. If you, if you, like he said, put your emotions out of it. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to date Jesus. You know, I'm, it's just me and the Lord. And, 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 from, and you could take this passage in Paul and, and say, yeah, that's, that's the spiritual New Testament thing to do. Well, the only problem with that is it kind of goes against the whole foundation that God set in, in the Old Testament and how the first thing that God did when he created man was he chose a suitable and you guys, the word sometimes helper, helpmate, partner, Hebrew word eitzer, it means deliverer or, or one who comes alongside and, and aids. Uh, he, he, God saw that the man needed someone. It's not good for man to be alone. And so he created Eve. So from the very beginning of the Bible, marriage was seen as, as an incredible blessing. In the whole history of the Old Testament, it was a blessing. So then Paul comes along and, and is he saying that it's no longer, you know, just chunk all that? I don't think so. Paul was offering his opinion on marriage. And he clearly said it in Scripture. This is my opinion. And then he lays the case for it. He says, yeah. you know, I'm a single guy. I, I can devote myself to the Lord. I can go get shipwrecked on island after island. I can endure beating after beating. And I don't have a wife at home worrying about me or that I have to worry about getting back to her. I can serve the Lord and just go to my martyrdom. And that's what he did. And that's what a lot of Christians in the first century did. He said, but if you get married well, then there's going to be some things you have to take into account. And so Paul just very practically said, you know what, my goal is to serve the Lord until I die, and if I marry, that's going to take my attention away. So he did it. Well, the difference is not everybody is, is called to be like Paul, yeah. as he makes clear in the, in the passage. He says, you know what, not everybody's called to this, and if you aren't called to this, get married. It's no good to say, well, I'm not going to marry for, I'm going to serve the Lord. And then to spend 24-7 burning with passion, as he says, you know, constantly thinking about, man, I wish I was married. Man, I have these desires and I can't, uh, you know, Paul just, he says, if that's what you are, then take that as a clue that you don't have the gift of celibacy and get married. It's not a sin. A good sign of not having the gift of celibacy is when you, if you read the, if when James Michael was reading and um, guys or girls, and when he got to the part about, um, if, if one does marry, he has not sinned. Your heart skipped a beat. That was how I knew. I was like, all right, good. That's good. That's all I need. All I need to know is it's not sin because I was ready to get married. Um, is it better to be single? I mean, you, you cleared it up. Um, is, could it be easier? Yeah. Um, marriage makes life very different. Um, going from being a single entity to two people becoming one person is, is very different. <laughs> it's very different than anything I'd ever experienced. In making decisions, it's very different. Um, but... Better, it depends on your calling. Um, it seems to be clear um, in the New Testament when Paul talks about it, when Jesus talks about being uh, the eunuchs, it seems very clear that, um, that celibacy is a gift. Uh, being called to the single life is a gift from God. Um, I used to joke with a friend 
um, an old roommate of mine, that we joked that if we were called to be celibate, what a dirty trick that was from God, <laughs> because we did not, we would return that gift. We would try to exchange it, at least, for something else, something more suitable, something that fit better. But um, um, so is it, is it easier? Yeah, you can see it from, um, from the point of view of Paul that James Michael just very eloquently described. It was wonderful. Um, but is it better? It depends. Uh, in Proverbs, you know, we're told that the man who finds a wife finds a good thing. Um, and, and I... And I tend to agree uh, with that. I love my wife. I, I minister better um, because of my wife. And, um, and it, it's a great thing. And so it, it, it can be easier because, again, we're talking there's no fail-proof system. The, the Bible's fail-proof system for dating was arranged marriages. And usually you had really, really young girls marrying really, really old guys. And now we're kind of like, you know, <laughs> we don't like that. But, I mean, that was, that was the Bible's fail-proof system. But we're not doing that. That wasn't what God, you know, was trying to institute. Um, for all of us. And so, yeah, sure, it might be easier to you in some, in some ways to just chuck it all and, um, and just say, forget it, I'll be single and I'll just dedicate myself to something else because I don't want to go out there, especially if you've been hurt, um, especially if you've been hurt in a relationship. Um, but it may not be better um, for you. And the reason it may not be better is because even though it hurts, even though it's hard, even though it changes your life in so many ways, God did make marriage. God did ordain marriage um, as, 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 as a sacrament almost um, for a reason. And that's one of the things that James Michael and I kind of wanted to talk about tonight. And I'll, I'll let you share a little bit about yeah. this if you want to.